Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Hey, this morning um, we have a, have a, a great service um, in Silverview, and we have a guest speaker. Actually, I have two guest speakers. The first guest speaker um, is uh, he, uh, he's become a, a friend of mine over the last number of years. He's a man of God. God has uh, brought him on an interesting path. He's going to share a little bit about that this morning. Um, he's, uh, he's a musician, an artist, and in the, in the late 1980s, he was even um, on MTV. And so, we, in fact, we have a little video. We have a little video we're going to share with you. So we're going to turn off the lights, and we're going to share a little video of our guest speaker this morning. It's just a clip. It's just about a minute long of this man, and then, then we'll introduce him. In case some of you are still wondering, yes, that is Robert Parley, and he's going to come and begin to share the word with us this morning. Let's welcome him. I'm going to be like this, okay, because I'm not used to being talking to you guys. I wear my sunglasses at night, right? <clears throat> Actually, whew, man. This is something that's uh, really out of my comfort zone because I'm used to being behind, being behind an instrument or something. But um, Rob asked Corey and I to, uh, to teach a little on uh, Joshua 7. And so um, I'm honored, a little scared, a little nervous, but God is good. Amen. Worship was really powerful this morning. I felt waves of grace and mercy flowing over this place. And um, so I am totally appreciative of God's grace and mercy in my life and in your lives. And uh, we're teaching on Joshua 7. And um, I'm going to be uh, going up until about the, the 13th verse. There's only 26 verses, so and Corey's going to be continuing on in, in the next part. But... Uh, this is right after the victory at, at Josh at um, Jericho, and um, so there's a there's a lesson to be learned that when we have those great victories in our lives, there's certain things that we have to take heed lest we fall. So there's three points that I wanted to kind of outline this morning. Uh, the first one is sin in our lives that will destroy. The second is a covenant with God, and the third is to get up. So let's turn to Joshua 7, beginning in the verse 1. It says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the cursed things. For Achan, I have to stop on Achan, because Achan is like, a, sounds like a country name, sounds like a country song, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't you break my heart, my Achan breaking heart. <laughs> See, I had to do that. I mean, it was like, that came to me, but you know, not a comedian, but that was funny. Anyway, the son, so Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. I mean, that's really limiting it down, isn't it? I mean, there must have been more than one Achan, I guess, right? So if you were in the tribe of Benjamin and your name was Achan, you're like, well, that ain't me, man. This that guy. It's this guy from Judah. So he took the accursed things 
which, you know, in, the, in Joshua, they were, I mean, after Jericho, they were commanded to take nothing. And Pastor Rob had brought up the, uh, the point, which I'd never heard before, that that was, um, that was meant to be the first fruits. Because when Israel was coming in to take the promised land, they crossed over the Jordan, and now they're going in to, to take over the land, which God had promised to the children and the descendants of, of Abraham. And so <clears throat> Achan had taken the accursed things. They were commanded not to do this, but the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took the accursed thing. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now that's, that's scary because that means I mean, Achan was the one who did this, but yet it was the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Okay, So there's like a corporate, um, for, you know, when we sin, I mean, it's not just that we sin, you know. So, you know, the power of the, of the sin, you know, can it affect family? Can it affect the neighbors, the community, a nation? You know, when the White House is lit up like a rainbow? Yeah. Of, all, of all symbols to choose the rainbow, I, 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 I find that as an affront against the Holy God. Okay, so, now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. <clears throat> And Ai, in the Hebrew, it means the heap, which is, I find that kind of interesting. <clears throat> I'm getting a little nervous, guys. This is new for me, okay? I'm, not, I'm trying here, man. Uh, which is by Beth Avon. And what's funny is like Beth, you know, Beth in the Hebrew means the, the house. So like Christ was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. He was known as the bread of, you know, the bread, and then Avon but means vanity. So Beth Avon was vanity, and it was, there was um, idols and different things that those people, they were not nice people. They were wicked people. They were practicing wicked things, this, you know, idolatry and, and uh, the occult and all these different things. So um, God was going to bring Israel to use them to judge the people in the land of, of Canaan. But, you know, God also used other nations to judge Israel. So God is just. I mean, he's, he's going to, you know, we think that we're a Christian nation. But, you know, God, you know, we, we can't get under that covering, you know, out from under that covering. Is there any water? I could sure use some water. <laughs> Man, this is like, this is great. I know. Well, I'm trying here. On the east side of Bethel, and he spoke to them, says, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up. And they spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua, and they said, yeah, don't let all the people go up. You know, we're just, they're but just a few. And just send about two or 3,000 men and go up to attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up there from, from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the Lord melted and became like water. And it's funny because that melted there is the same word that the people of Jericho, they melted when they heard about the children of Israel coming. So their hearts um, were also melted. So here it is. I mean, after this big victory at Jericho, thank you. And then now here they are. They get defeated by a few guys, and now they're running in with their tails between their legs, so to speak. Oh, 
sin in our lives, it affects us. It affects our family. It affects our, it can affect our neighbors, our community, and our nation. Is there sin in our lives that is keeping us from the, what God has, the best that God has for us? See, the covenant with God, you know, it has conditions. You know, the grace of God, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. But there's a condition you have to believe. You know, if someone gives you a gift, if you don't receive the gift, well, then you've, you, the gift does not apply. You have to receive it. The grace and mercy of God through Jesus Christ is afforded to everybody. It's for all of us, but we have to receive it this morning. We say, Lord, thank you. We ask for forgiveness of sin, that he comes in and he forgives us of our unrighteousness. He cleanses us, and then we can walk freely before God. And so the covenant relationship, they had broken their covenant with God by taking, taking things. Well, Achan took the things, but, you know, Achan wasn't the only one who saw those you know, there had to have been others. There had to have been people in his family. There had to have been others who knew what he was taking. Because it was, it said that he took the gold. He took a lot of shekels of silver. And so um, he wasn't just the only one, but God held it against Israel. So then Joshua, verse 6, Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan and to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Oh, that we have been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, you know, living in the past. You know, is there something in our lives, you know, that God's, God's t calling us into a new season? And yet sometimes we want to go back and we want to um, stay in the past. You know, I, I had up until about a year ago, I had a job with uh, Time Warner Cable. Um, I had that job for 17 years, and um, um, up until about a year or so ago, well, actually a couple years back, you know, I was leading worship, um, Ed Nuna had moved on, and, and then I was kind of assuming the, 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 uh, the leadership role as far as the, the worship, at least the majority of it, and, and then um, there was this one Sunday, well, I mean, it was this great worship, and it was just awesome, and the presence of God was here, it was very powerful, and then the very next day, I got sick. And I just didn't get just sick. I mean, I got sick, sick, you know, like really sick to the point where um, I couldn't work. And so I took time off, you know, to recover. And then all of a sudden, you know, not only did I get sick, but then my sales, because I was in sales position, you know, my phone and my sales plummeted. <laughs> just, you know, just, just shut down. And then not only did that happen, you know, I'm going into my checkbook and I needed some new checks. And so then I go and I... I look at my checks, and, and um, I'm finding a bunch of checks missing, you know, and I'm like, well, what's going on with this, you know, and so now I'm looking up online, I'm looking to see where my checks, and this check, you know, my son was forging checks. He had taken my checkbook, and he was writing them out to himself and signing my name on it, you know, $40 here, $60 here, I mean, to the tune of almost 600 bucks over a while of time, and it was kind of just going under the radar, I didn't notice it. And then I confronted him, and, you know, I mean, he's, he was struggling with a, with a drug addiction, like a really hard heroin. It's just like the devil's drug. It's just, it just, it, it, my son was no longer my son. He was somebody else. And so, you know, I took the car keys away from him, and I was, you know, I was, 
angry with him and all these different things. And then, and now, you know, he's talking about, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to do all these things. And I'm like, you know, I'm freaking out. I mean, this is like stress overload on my, my job. You know, my, my, I'm not feeling good. You know, my son's talking about all this stuff. And I remember like sitting down on the sofa and I felt like as if you know, I was going to have a nervous breakdown. I mean, it was just crazy. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, I felt like everything was just going to shut down because of the stress load. And then, um, you know, I thought that he was upstairs. I'm on the phone. I'm calling. And here, I thinking, I'm thinking that he's, he's like, you know, upstairs, but he wasn't. He had, take, he had gotten another car key somehow, took off down the hill, and he was gone. And now I'm, you know, freaking out and everything. And then he calls me on the phone. And he's like, Dad, well, you stopped the checks. Because, yeah, I stopped all the payment. You know, I called the bank, and I did all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, when I talked to my son, that was not my son. That voice that came over that phone was like a demon speaking through my son. It was not my son. And so all this stress came on. And so what happened was that, I, you know, I called my supervisor at work, and I said, you know, would you, uh, you know, um, because I was freaking out because my sales were so bad. I mean, you get written up if you start, if things go bad. I mean, they don't care. They'll just, you're out of here. So, you know, he said, well, do you want to take a leave of absence? I'm like, nah, it's okay. I, I don't think I will. But then I found out that, well, what I did was I came back and said, you know, I think I will. I will take a leave of absence. So I took a leave of absence. And then everything was kind of smooth for a while, you know. But then again, right around December of that one year, I, I, the same thing happened again. My son was in and out of jail. He was... He was, all these things, my job was just, it was after an, another powerful worship time, you know, and it was just like, and then I took another leave of absence, and I was, at this point, I felt like I'm, I'm not going to be here anymore, I, I want to move on, you know, but then when I got back and I kind of was taking some time away, I was like going, you know, I really, you know, that's a good job, I need to get it back, so I, you know, I went back, but they had taken my area away, and they've stuck me in some other area, and so, you know, put, you know what happened there was like, it was it was just wasn't good. It was basically all all my uh, sales plummeted and everything, and I ended up leaving the job because they were going to let me go. They were going to fire me. So you know the sin in our lives. You know it it affects it affects us and it affects our family members. And the and, you know the the covenant with God is is with conditions. And so let's turn on. Let's move on with this. So we. Um, Let's pick it up from verse 30. Now, Joshua built an altar to the Lord of Israel in Mount Ebot, as, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel. And it was written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of... Am I in the right? Huh? You see, this, you let rookies see, this, this, the A team is not here. So if you're visiting for the first, this is the Z team, okay? As in zombie, okay? Zombie. Huh? This, hey, but I got to tell you, this is kind of fun. I like it. I, I, all right, well, anyway, living in the past. So that, let's, let's pick it up um, over here uh, at verse 10. Verse 10 of Joshua 7. 8, verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Oops. How do I make this? Help me, Rob. Okay. All right. This is going somewhere. I don't know where, but it's going somewhere. He's like, get up. Why do you 
lie on your face. You know, I love this because it's almost like God saying like, you know, he's laying on there. He's crying out to God. You know, they're wishing to go just like how um, Moses, you know, oh, you know, in Israel when they were in the wilderness, how they wanted to go back to Egypt where they were slaves. But they were like, we just want to go back where there's, you know, food and <laughs> not quail and all this other stuff that they're eating. But he's saying here, you know, uh, to get up. And why are you thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed. My covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken some of the accursed things, and they have stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed things from among you. So, that sin in our lives will ultimately destroy us. We have to destroy it. We have to cut it off. But the good news is, is that God, through his grace and his mercy, he's with us. And he's going to help us in that walk. And as we continue to walk with him, He's going to be with us. You know, Jesus said that, you know, you can do, you can't do anything without him. And it's, um, I used to think, well, you know, I can do all kinds of things without God. But no, he's talking about spiritual things in the spiritual kingdom. You know, we can't, there's certain things that, you know, we need him. We have to rely on him to live through us so that we can live this life. And the only way that we're going to do that is by relying on him. Now, his grace, now, you know, scripture Everything has to be held in light to what is clear in Scripture. And as Christians, we are saved by grace through faith. Romans 8.1, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There is freedom this morning. There was like a spirit of freedom when I was up here, and it was just flooding through this place. God was at work this morning, and he's continuing to work, even through someone like me, who has no idea what he's doing up here, but hey, I'm having a... <laughs> There's a time to pray and there's a time to get on with it. You know, so too many of us, you know, on the side of the road, I'm coming to church and we, our lives, we think, you know, he loves me. He loves me not. God's with me. He's not with me. I don't know where you are this morning, but he's with you. If you are with him and in him and for him, he's with us this morning. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, Charles Stanley, he said one time, it was, uh, he's a preacher on TV, for some of those who don't know him, um, he's, he's a wonderful teacher. But he said, um, talking about sin, and, and like the church, you know, the church has been so concerned about license, you know, you know, giving, don't tell people about too much grace, because then they're going to go out and they're going to sin, you know, that he loves me, he loves me not, he's just, they're going to use it. And he said, you know, he said, try it. Just try it. 
If you're a Christian and you love the Lord and you're born again and the Spirit lives within you and, you, and you're living in abject sin, I mean, you are miserable. And take it from me, I know. <laughs> because it's just, but His grace and His mercy, when it's alive in us, we want the things of God. We want to move on into the things of God. <clears throat> Part of what, you know, the enemy, the occult, there's power in the occult. There's power in that. And people are attracted to that. Because there is power, but it's darkness, and ultimately it will destroy you. But, you know, we have power, too. You know, we have, it's like the church has, has, has left a huge, like they're, like, they're going into battle without the full armor. <laughs> you know, in the scriptures and in, in, in the New Testament, there's the gifts of the Spirit. There's the power of the Spirit. We need that in our lives. You know, we need to access that. There's power in the Word. But too much of the churches, they don't feel like the gifts are for today. Well, the gifts are for today. The gifts were in operation this morning. What Pastor, Pastor Jeff was speaking over Matthew, that was in the prophetic. That was a move that speaks to your heart. You know, what was going on in worship this morning, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's power. You sense him. We can't conjure it up. I used to think, well, you know, maybe it's just a bunch of like-minded people getting together. No, no, no. Because the Spirit comes and he goes. There's a flow. And his presence, you know, comes and goes. But he is here for us this morning. His grace and his mercy. God is for us. He's not against us this morning. And um, part of what I, I, what I wanted to tell you this morning was that, you know, to desire the gifts of the Spirit. Thirty years ago, I, I went to a church, and it was a four-square church. I was invited by some friends, and, and I went to it, and I was leading worship with uh, um, a couple of guys, you know, and, and it was called uh, WOW Ministries, you know, Women of Worth was, was what it was, you know, and I had no idea what I was stepping into, but uh, when I walked into that door that morning, I mean, I felt the Holy Ghost. The presence of the Holy Spirit was powerful, tangible. You could sense it, and people were <laughs> praying and worshiping and having words and speaking in tongues. I'm like, man, I don't know what this is, but whatever it is, I want it, you know. I wanted to know more about it. It became infectious in my life. And so I had received the gift of the Holy Ghost about over 25 years ago, speaking in tongues. And, and maybe to some of you that might sound like, ooh, you know, woo, but it's not. It's very real. And it's like something that we need in our lives. That when we speak in tongues, it's not coming from my brain. It's coming from my inner man. It's my innermost being. It's what they say. This is from your belly, the scripture says, come rivers of living water. <clears throat> so, but there were several years, you know, where I didn't pray in the spirit. I wasn't practicing it, you know. And um, one time my mom, you know, she, she, had, she had a heart attack. And uh, she was in the hospital, and I was just fell on my face before God. I'm praying in the spirit. And a lot of times what will happen when we're praying is, I mean, we might break out in laughter, or we might be contrite and, and weep. There's different things that are going on, but it's the spirit man interceding. So I, what I'm go, where I'm going with this is that I just I kept speaking in tongues. I would pray even if I'm just driving down the road or if I'm, if I'm praying alone, that something begins to happen in your life because it's, it's God's Holy Spirit interceding for us and praying on our behalf. You'll start to notice more of a thirst for righteousness. You'll start to notice compassion for others, you know, and a love and, 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 and um, 
these are things that as we practice it, that, that will, it's like an armor that we need in our lives as Christian believers. So I would encourage you this morning to seek that gift. You know, if you don't know how, you know, come to talk to, you know, the leadership here or any of us, you know, we, we'll help you with that. We can, you know, it's something that we need as believers. And I know that the scripture says not all speak in tongues, but um, it's like not, it, it, if you can get it and if you want it and Lord, and it's his, it's his will for your life, then, you know, I would encourage you to get it this morning because that's part of the power. That's part of what we need as believers, the armament that we need to fight this battle that we live. Um, so in closing, <clears throat> you know, the sin in our lives, we, you know, it's going to destroy us. So we have to deal with it. You know, get alone with God. Talk to God. He already knows. You know, talk to him about it. I've struggled with sin. I still struggle with sin. I'm a sinner. I'm not a sinner because I sin. I sin because I'm a sinner. I'm still a sinner, but I'm saved through grace, by grace, through faith. Okay, but he's calling me from glory to glory. I mean, every, hopefully a year from now, I'm a better Christian than I was a year ago. Okay, and I'm just moving on. You know, his covenant with God, there are conditions. Is, is that we, we draw close to him, he draws close to us. Okay, and he will do that. And he also, and the third point was to get up. Time to pray and time to get on with it and quit wallowing in your self-pity. So I had to stop wallowing in myself. Lord, why? You know, I had a good job. You know, I mean, why are you doing this to me? Why am I going through all this stuff? You know, is this how you treat people who worship for you or, or lead worship? Or they try to, is this is how we get treated? I mean, hey, oy vey, you know. I feel like a Jewish guy. I feel like one of those Jewish mothers, you know. Is this how we... So, well, actually, that was... That was uh, that was the Godfather. Yeah. Oh, you come to me on my daughter's wedding, you know. Uh, yeah, I could ramble on. You know, I never thought, I used to be petrified of standing in front of a crowd. I took a speech class in college, and I was just like, Ugh, scared to death. Anyway, so those are the three points that I've taken from the first uh, three, three parts of uh, Joshua. Uh, Corey's going to continue on with the next part, but... Um, Again, you know, let's not live in the past. God is with us. He's not for us. We need to destroy the accursed thing in our lives and ask him to help us. I'll just pray for a second. Lord, Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for your mercy, your grace this morning, Lord. We thank you that you are with us and you're not against us, God. And if there's something in our lives, Lord, that is not pleasing to you, Lord, we confess it, Lord. We confess it before you, God. We bring it to you. We lay it at your feet. We come boldly to the throne of grace, Lord, not because of us, but because of who you are. And you are quick to forgive and quick to restore us into right fellowship with you, God. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Corey. I didn't get struck down by lightning. Yeah. By grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, good job. Well, now they know who it is. Oh, yeah. Well, one more thing. The 80s. God, the fashion of the 80s.
of gifts, and, and we just want to be open to people wanting to exercise new gifts. I know. Corey's going to come and, and finish up. I did ask him. He says he's just got a few points. He knows that we're going to go until 11.15, and he knows he's got 15 minutes, so don't, he's not going to, he's, he's, so he's, he's going to nail this thing, and because he really feels like it's a word for right now, so, um, and so he didn't want to go to the next week, so I don't have a video for Corey, but, uh, but. But you know, we Corey, Corey came to church just within a couple months after Shannon and I came here to do the transition. Um, we've walked with him, you know, for the last uh, five and a half years. Um, watched him. I know, isn't that a long time? That great. Um, watched him. You know, we realized Megan was in, in in second grade, first grade when when he came, and we've watched his kids grow up, and and uh, you know, his his older oldest son is. Um, on the, on the youth worship team, and so he's just been a blessing. He's a, one of our life group leaders, but he's going to come, and he's going to share, share a word with us. Uh, the second part of Joshua chapter 7. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Boy, was this a heck of a week, preparing for this very word. I think God downloaded probably uh, four or five sermons through my mind and heart. And uh, unlike Robert, I'm kind of comfortable up here. I was studying to be a pastor years ago through Set Free. But it does not matter when you get up here, if you don't allow the Lord to work through you, oh, it's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> it always works that way. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to hit, Robert hit on some things that, that are just going to tie straight in with this. And that's the sin and, and its destruction. Left unchecked. It will destroy your life physically, spiritually, and everything, saved or not saved. It will destroy you from the inside out, where holiness will transform you from the inside out. And there's just a, I don't even know where God's going with this, but I know I'm going to start out with prayer, and he's, he's going to allot me this 14 minutes because he's speaking it, not me. Amen? And he spoke through Robert, and he's been in this whole service the whole time for us. Uh, on worship, I was shaking so bad at times that because the presence was just heavy. And I was going, Lord, just hold me up. <laughs> I'm on the team. Got to keep playing. You know, and, uh, but you want to stay in those things, but sometimes you can't. So, Father God, Lord, we boldly come before your throne of grace, asking you to continue to move. Speak through my heart, Lord. I don't want these to be my words. You've downloaded so much, but, God, your words are timely. And Lord, they do not come back to you void. Nothing spoken today is going to come back to you void for it's been in power and authority from you. And God, I just surrender myself, all of me. Lord, use me. Empty me. Here I am. Lord, all I have to offer you is a dirty heart. But God, you have placed your son inside me. And therefore, your holiness comes out. God, I just give it all to you. And I ask that this does not fall on deaf ears in Jesus name. Amen. First of all, Robert, thank you for leaving your water, brother. <laughs> I love you, man. Um, the, the, the title was clear um, as I was going through these four or five sermons that God was downloading through that. But God dealt with me personally in, in, in things that, that he wanted. Not that it was deep-rooted sin, but it was things that were still attached. So through me studying the Word, pacing my front room or wherever I was at, God began to deal with my heart, and I began to surrender things. Uh, I didn't want to. <laughs> this was a path God took me down. 
And I didn't even know these things were here. We're not going to go into detail about those. If you want to talk to me about them, maybe the Lord will reveal them, maybe not. But get up and deal with it. He said in Joshua, get up. He's all, get off your face. And this is how they, they lamented. This is how they, they worshiped God and said, we're sorry. And he's all, get up. You know Israel is sin, Joshua. And then he takes them through this process where we're going to pick up. And now God doesn't give the exact method of how he pulls out Achan and his tribe and, and his household and his family. But that's basically what's written down from 13 to 19 or, or right before 1918. And, uh, you know, God doesn't give the details. It doesn't matter. He, he funnels it this way. All of a sudden, Joshua is downloaded. He knows who sinned. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to pick up on verse 19. And it says, Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord of God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. God demands holiness. He demands it. He doesn't ask for it. He demands it because he's a holy God. And his holiness will burn out the sin inside of us if we allow it. But this takes confession, not only to God, but to others, other godly people standing in the truth. We can't do it our own way and say, okay, I'm going to confess to this person that's not holding me accountable. No, we need to confess to people that are going to hold us to the fire with God, accountability who love us, and they're going to say, hey, let's get this stuff out of you. But if we're not willing to do that, then there's no healing in sight. There's death and destruction because that's what sin does. This is why God hates sin. The picture of Christ on the cross. The only time Jesus and God were separated. His son, they were separated. Because God couldn't look upon what me and you did. Powerful, right? And Jesus took that all. But yet in, in the scripture, God says it, it pleased him to bruise his son. It pleased them. Why? Because of the end result. We're made in the image of God. Not this stuff. Inside here, guys. And we have got, some of us in here have, uh, I don't know, been playing, playing church. We come in, da, 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 da. but God's starting to expose in this body, all of us. And he's taken us to a new level. And some of these are hard things. That I didn't want to preach this, guys. I didn't want to say any of it. I was going, Lord, are you sure you want me to say these things? You know, Robert brought the grace and the mercy and some good points. And now I was called to bring the harder things, and I'm going, oh, man. Lord, should I bring a face shield? And he says, no, bring your shield of faith. Amen. You know, I'm standing in him, guys, and, and, and uh, I had to be really guarded. I, I am involved with a life group that is, is deeply, deeply connected. And we know a lot about each other. And it's not for us to confess to one another and then go blast it out all over Big Bear. That confession is for God. Amen? And then the trusted brothers and sisters that we... Do we fall in this? Yeah, absolutely. I've had to repent of it a number of times. Amen? <clears throat> but I didn't put it on K-Bear. Amen? What about you guys? <laughs> so just as salt water and fresh water don't mix, you know, the salt water takes it over. Sin's going to do the same thing in your heart, whether you're saved or not. If you're not saved, I encourage you to give your heart to a holy God. His name is Jesus, and he loves you, and he's the one that went to the cross for you. Well, so it is with sin. Sin and, sin and holiness does not mix. It cannot mix. It never will mix. 
and you cannot put a little tainting of sin with holiness and expect it to be holy. It just does not work. It will never work. I'm an example to you guys. I fell in this church two years ago, a little over two years ago. But God picked me back up and loved me through you guys. But he did an amazing work in me. He stopped. Well, actually, he took my running shoes. <laughs> he gave me steel-toed boots so I couldn't run as fast, I guess. But the transformation that God's doing was spoken to me through the connection I have in you guys. Not me. I couldn't see it. All I could see is what Robert was saying up here, and he struggles with, I'm sinning. I don't want to do this. And then people will come alongside to encourage you and say, hey, did you realize this area of your life is getting better? Hey, da-da-da. And then you start to see. I think God did that on purpose for us. Because we would raise up in our pride and say, oh, look at what I've done. It's nothing we do. It's everything he did. He's the one that died and rose again. And he's the one that beat and conquered hell and death. And that is sin. And all he wants you to do is say, God, I can't deal with this sin. Will you take it out of me? And he will. He is faithful, even when we're not. Uh, we need to deal with sin brutally, very brutally. And we don't have the strength or the power to do that. Only the Holy Spirit in your heart working that transformation can remove the sin that's deep-rooted because it goes through and through us from our head to our feet. We are tainted. We are tainted. We're sick. This is why our works are as filthy rags because when we try to do them, we are tainted. When Jesus does them through us, he's holy. We don't have the power to operate in holiness. We don't have the power to say, okay, God, I'm going to deal with this sin, but I'm only going to give you this part of it. We need to give him all of it, every piece of it, every bit that we don't know about. And we need to be brutally honest before Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I don't know what's in there. And then we need to be willing to let him in there. Because if we're not, we could very well live physically all the way till we're 90, but miserable. I've seen it in AA and NA. They call them miserable drunks or users. Sober for 20 years. The most miserable people I've ever met. Because it takes a transformation. It takes a decision to say, Lord, I received the gift, but receiving that gift doesn't just make him your savior. It makes him your Lord. The Lord of your life. You're no longer yours. And this takes fellowship. It takes brutally being honest with one another and being exposed and transparent. <sighs> so we've gone through this. And, and here's the things. God demands his holy confession must be made to God and others. It's not. And, and there's a picture here. It exposes everything. It disarms the enemy. When we truthfully speak it out and say, this is what's going on. The enemy no longer has that niche in there. Then he can begin to work and heal you. And here's another point that God wants you to hear. You may be focused on your consequences. This was brutal. Not only Achan, but his whole family and his livestock and animals died. And they heaped them over and burned them. And it says in the Bible that it's still there to this day as a reminder. This is a reminder we're under grace, right? But God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He could deal with your sin just like he did with Achan's if he wanted to. That should put some fear in your heart. That should put you on a, on a different track. But get this. God is so harsh with sin as he was back then because it's deadly. It takes his people out. 
It takes nations out, as Robert said. It takes everything out in its path. Some people have nothing to do with it, but they're within that. It's like a tornado. Here's a tornado going. It picks up and it, it grabs things as it goes and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It can do that right in this body. If we don't hold one another accountable, if we don't love one another with the love that's placed here from Jesus Christ, he loves us so deep that we can't even imagine it here. We must experience it here. And that is experienced in holiness and transformation. Amen. We got some people that are going through some deep things that we pray for, that we lift up, that we hold. And God is going to give victory if they're willing to be honest, open, and transparent. That is where the starting point goes. So, uh, a history note. Then we're going to go on in... in uh, I wanted to point out a few things that I thought was interesting. Okay, here's Achan, and he's getting ready to confess. <clears throat> Not only to God, but to his brother and all of Israel. Man, now this could have went two ways. <laughs> Fear and, and just covered it up and not been completely honest. But he just opened it up and spilled it out and says, I'm caught, here it is. He was not looking at the consequences. He knew what his consequences were. They were already spelled out. He just wanted to be free inside as us. Our consequences will hold us in bondage because we think that we can hold on to something that doesn't belong to us because every one of us belong to Jesus Christ. We are bought at a price. Even in our marriages, even in our friendships, we belong to God first. Amen? <clears throat> but he says, indeed, I have sinned. Here's Achan, the Lord God of Israel against the... Uh, and, and I was looking at Psalms 51. David said the same thing. I've sinned against you and you alone. Here he is confessing to God and all of Israel and his brothers and sisters. Amen. And this is what I have done. I have saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment. This is the, the, the thing that God put on my heart. This led me back to Genesis 11.1, 1, the Tower of Babel being built. That's what this garment's talking about, a beautiful garment from Shamir or Shinar, whatever it is. Let me see. Hang on. Yeah. Um, no, that's not it. One second. I'm finding it. Be patient. <laughs> and it's not because I'm nervous. It's because uh, I'm just all over the place. Uh, Shinar. <clears throat> so here, here was where people were trying to become great and build a tower all the way to the heavens to reach God. Amen? And he confused their language. He says, man, they're getting powerful and scattered them. Well, God has brought a safe house. It's called the church. When I was drunk on my face, I was sitting in these pews. And I was not judged and I was not kicked out. Now, I would have been if I would have continued in my sin. Amen? That would have been the next step. Hey, bro, you're not changing anything. You need to you know, go out to that world and let Satan deal with you for a little bit. God will do that because he loves you. He, he doesn't care about this. Again, I reiterate, he doesn't care about this. He cares about your heart and soul. That's what's made in the image of God. Amen? Uh, the effects of sin on others. I think God really wanted us to hear that. I think he really wanted us to hear that because we can hide sins and not be truthful or brutally honest about them. And we could think that we're hiding them. Well, God knows and, eh, you know, no. It comes out of us and it begins to affect those around us. When... This is an example, and, and I'm going to close real short, not in one minute, but a couple minutes. This right here, 
is a reminder of my sin. This is the Bible that I found and had no Bible in prison. It was in pieces, probably 17 pieces, and it's all taped together. This Bible right here is my reminder of what my sin took. It almost took my family. It took my marriage. But it took my kids off running, and I couldn't find them, and I made war with God. I said, I'm going to drink myself to death, and I tried. This is just a part of my testimony. I tried. But as I was out there, he would never leave me alone. A little old lady said, God told me to feed you. You're hungry. I went to grab the McDonald's bag, and she rolled my arm up in the window. She wanted to preach the gospel to me. <laughs> and I'm going, okay. It's like you didn't have, I mean, she must have been 85, 90 years old, and she's just about this big. And I'm sitting in this big old truck with her, and I'm going, wow, this woman has power and authority because God would not leave me alone. This is my reminder that, you know what, God didn't have to give and restore my family back to me. He made me fight hard, and he put me in prison. There's the brutal consequences for me. Prison is ugly. It is vile. It is demoralizing. Sick things happen in there, and it's brutal, just like our sin, just like our sin, and it needs to be dealt with. You know how I dealt with it in prison? God stuck me in with prison guards that preached the gospel. There was a revival in yard three right before I showed up. He dealt with me as a child of God, not according to my sin, but he had to put me in that dark place to say, hey, I need to wash you before I give you back what I've given you in the first place, your family, so that you don't lose them again, Corey. Amen? And the devil tried hard through my fall to take my family again. But you guys stood for me when I couldn't stand. People, David, Robert, Pastor Rob over at my house, they didn't know what to do. God did. Then he spoke it through my mom, and all of a sudden I'm sitting in 107 degree heat out in the middle of feeling going, why did I come back here? <laughs> I think the alcohol was out of me in three hours, and I was saturated. And here I am spending the 4th of July out in the godforsaken desert, and my mom had blocked everybody from picking me up early except Robert. And I, I said, hey, Robert, man, I've worked on his stuff, and I got his number. Yeah, I'm going to call Robert, and he came and picked me up. But it was time for Corey to come home. It was time for Corey to come and stand, undrunk, before his family, and then face the things. It almost ruined mine and Pastor Rob's relationship. It came real close. And we're still working through some things on that. Amen? Amen. But we didn't give up, and they didn't give up. You know why? Because I didn't leave that sin unchecked in my heart. That's why I exposed it, not I, but the Lord helped me to expose it. And I left it there just like Jesus on the cross. I was a spectacle saying, whatever, I got a face. Let's do this. And the enemy tried to pull me out of this church on a number of occasions. Amen. But I am here today standing in victory, not because I wanted my sin exposed, but because I was willing to go through God exposing it before all of you. And pretty much all of Big Bear. See, here's the deal with leaders. <laughs> God goes, hey, they're sinning. You guys may get away with stuff, not in leadership. But God says, I'm going to blast it from the rooftops. And boy, does he, man. He, he exposes it in the weirdest ways. So I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. I think God said what he wanted to say with power and with authority. And I want to say this before I close in prayer. I love every one of you. I love every one of you, and I'll fight when you can. I will sit at the cross with you because I know victory in Jesus. I know the power of his love, and I also know the destruction of sin. Amen? God is a God of restoration. 
I don't care what your cons, what you got to face. They're not bigger than God because he's the one that's going to give them to you. Amen. And he's the one that's going to walk through them with you. So I love you. Every one of you, I love you. With all my heart. Amen. And I love this church. I love what God has done and given us here. Amen. Man. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just give you all the glory and praise. Lord, I know that by my faith, you've spoken what you needed to speak. Lord, let us chew on this. Let us not just let it go in one ear out the other, but let us really go before you and say, do, do a spiritual inventory of my heart, Lord. See if there be any vile thing in me. Help us to stand, Lord, in holiness and righteousness and be transformed. God, expose the deep, dark things that are in our hearts so that we can confess them before you and others. And let your healing begin, Lord. You're doing an amazing work here at Christian Center and all over the world. It's not churches. It's not denominations. It's the church. You are the head of it, God. Jesus, you are the head. We are the body. We're all members. And Lord, give us sensitive, compassionate hearts for one another. If we see a brother that's down, just like Moses' arms were lifted up and the battle was won, but when they went down, they were losing. Let us strengthen and encourage one another. Lord, let us walk in unity and let us be transformed because it's your love. You said we will be known, our love one for another. Let your love just transform this valley. Let your love transform situations. Let your love give us the strength to stand up against our consequences and go, I don't want any of that vile stuff. This is what I am. But this is who you made me to be. Lord, show us who we are in Jesus Christ. I know who I am in you, Lord. I know. I know without a doubt who I am. And Lord, I ask that you give that vision to every heart in here, that they may get one step closer to Jesus. In Christ's precious name, Lord, thank you for not only saving us, but thank you for being the Lord. And Lord, if there's anyone here that has not surrendered their heart, it doesn't have to be in confession or here or there. Let them surrender their heart to you. Lord, I'm reminded when my sister, <laughs> when, when she came and she thought she heard me speaking to her, come to the Lord. And it was you. I wasn't even opening my mouth. This is the victory that you have because you are in the business of transforming hearts. I love you, Jesus Christ. You are my Lord, my Savior. And I thank you for this family right here. I thank you for all that we're going through and all that we will face because we can face it and strengthen you. In Jesus Christ's precious name, amen.